You heard it here, folks. That is right. It's time for Sports Wrap. Happy Thursday, everyone. I hope you all are having an absolutely fantastic week. Jason James here with you, sitting beside me, Jeff Marson, Cooper Govro, and Cody Blair. It is an absolute pleasure to be back on the radio this week. It's uh, definitely been a, a very eventful week. How are we doing, fellas? I'm uh, doing pretty good. Happy to be back in the studio with everybody. Um, haven't been on air with Jeff in a minute since he made some really bold takes uh, during March Madness. Uh, yeah, some were right, some were wrong. Most wrong. <laughs> eh, fair enough. <laughs> um, as for me, I'm I'm doing better than Jason's microphone right now. I'll, I'll tell you that much. It is an absolute <laughs> shambles. Um, definitely gonna have to fi- figure something out there. But yeah, we uh, gotten that we, th- this mic that I'm actually talking out of it's. Uh, <laughs> Under construction, let's just put it that way. He's holding and, uh, it by a string. If you guys could see this right now, he's literally holding it with his hand, and it's being like drawn from a string above him. You yeah, will it's, be able uh, to see it too. It, it, yeah. it's, it's currently a mess, so I'm, I'm going to have to fix that pretty soon. So, Cody, how are we doing? I'm doing well. This is my sports rap debut, so I'm All excited right. to get this thing started. Oh, sweet, man. That's Welcome awesome. aboard, man. I think I made my debut on a Thursday. I can't remember, but that's, that's awesome, man. So, uh, just for... for uh, a little bit of context for y'all. Uh, running, going through the rundown just before we started the show, and uh, had a very, very intense debate on who's going to win the Heisman this year. Uh, a lot of controversy, so uh, we'll be sure to bring that to you all uh, here in a little bit. But tonight we're going to cover a little bit of NFL, get into App State football, and then go into college football. So. We'll go ahead and get it started here. The first game of the NFL season is underway tonight in Tampa. I know for a lot of people this has been a time that they've been waiting for for so long. And really you couldn't ask for a better game for for opening night. Yeah, uh, I'm definitely excited to see what we get out of the reigning Super Bowl champions and a team that has their quarterback coming off a a year-long injury. Yeah, for sure. I'm definitely looking to see uh, how Dak Prescott does coming off that, you know, that brutal injury. He's got shoulder problems as well as I'm reading here. But um yeah, he's the uh he's the guy I'm looking out for the most in this game. Yeah, I'm super excited for tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of what we're going to see all season. There's so many questions going into it, guys coming back from injury and then mm-hmm. on the other side with the Buccaneers. They're getting a lot of their pretty much all of their Super 22 Bowl team back. 22 starters, all starters back. Yeah. So that's almost unprecedented to win the Super Bowl and have mm-hmm. all of them come back. I can't wait to see if they're going to be as strong this year as they were last year. Yeah, you got to wonder if the Super Bowl hangover effect will kick in um, at some point. I don't know if it will, uh, but you, you know, you got to wonder if it does. So um, the, the game, like we said, was actually in Tampa. Tampa opens tonight as a nine-point favorite on a scale of one to ten. How excited are y'all for this game? It's a big ten for me. Uh, the start of the NFL season is always cool because it kind of breaks up the beginning of all school years and everything. So you get to start playing fantasy and calling games and doing stuff like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited as well. Um, like Coop said, you know, all the, all the factors that come into play with, you know, all, all the football coming back. Um, you know, college started a week ago. You know, kind of get the, get the feel back for, for football. But now that the NFL is back, we're... We're really back. I'm an absolute 10. I can't wait to get this season started, and opening night's always fun. 
Yeah, opening night is always fun. I'm personally more of a college football fan, um, but I'm just as excited for the NFL. Um, it's going to be a great year of football, I fully believe. So let's just go ahead and, uh, I guess, kick it off. Um, you know, as as we kind of mentioned, or Jeff mentioned earlier, as you mentioned earlier, Dak's shoulder has been really the, the topic of discussion a lot this off season. He hasn't played in almost over a year. So, you know, what are you all kind of expecting out of him? He didn't throw it all during preseason, has thrown some in practice, but as far as, you know, actually playing in an NFL game, an organized game, um, he hasn't done it, and there hasn't been much strain on that shoulder off, all off season. So, you, I mean, how, do you, how what, what are you all kind of thinking, um, or what are you all kind of expecting out of Dak? Well, I think it's definitely going to be a rocky start for Dak tonight, in the beginning of the game, first quarter, he might get some bad looks. But I think he rests on his vet receiver, Amari Cooper, and a second-year guy, CeeDee Lamb, as well as a guy who is coming back from a Week 1 ACL tear last year. They're, they're now starting uh, tight end, Blake Jarwin. Uh, Blake Jarwin, in his first game and games prior, he's shown a lot of... Uh, versatility as a tight end. He can block, and he has hands of some of the best tight ends in the NFL, so they get him back after being out for a year. And in five games last last year, before Dak had that gruesome injury, he was first in the NFL with uh, almost 1,900 passing yards, uh, nine touchdowns. That was third in the league at the time, uh, to only four interceptions, and... Um, that just looks really good. He started out really well, and it seems like if he starts that well again, um, he's poised to have another good year. I think he just had a very unfortunate circumstance happen to him last year, and if he can repeat these first five games in one night, I think he'll be all right. Yeah, un- unfortunate is probably the best way to put it. He was the early season MVP last year, and mm-hmm. season was cut short due to injury. But talk about a tough assignment to come back to facing the Buccaneers. If you remember watching their defense in the Super Bowl, they got after Patrick Mahomes and made made a Chiefs offense look abysmal. But you know, Patrick Mahomes was missing a lot of his. They had no line offensive that line. That's, yeah. yeah. Well, Mike Remmers was playing right tackle, and Panthers fans know about him in the Super Bowl. But mm-hmm. um, talking about the the Buccaneers defense, as you mentioned, all all the starters returning, you know, the edge rushers like Shaq Barrett and Jason Pierre-Paul will get after him, and hopefully, uh, Dak's offensive line um, holds up nicely for uh, for him, so he can uh, get back to his old self. I agree one hundred percent. I think this could be one of the worst situations Dak's coming back in on. He's playing against Tampa Bay. We know what Tampa Bay's defense can do against a struggling offensive line, unless we forget Zach Martin's on the COVID list, so he won't be playing. Um, their all-pro guard, who Ezekiel Elliott said is the most important player on that offense, isn't going to be there tonight. So I think Dak's going to struggle. I think it'll be misleading. Don't put too much weight on him struggling on that injury. I think he'll improve as the season goes on, but this is a terrible way to have to start your season off of an injury. Yeah, the good thing, though, about where... The Cowboys play. They play in the NFC least. So, really, you know, you can have a mediocre-type season and still win that division a lot of times. But, you know, the the one thing that I'll say is I agree with, with you know, all of y'all. I, I think that this is a tough situation for Dak to really be in, and it's going to be a huge test, really, to the whole team in general. Um, you know, we'll see how it plays out. But... I got a feeling Dak is, like 
Coop, you said, rely on veteran receivers like Amari Cooper. But I think also he's going to have to end up relying on his legs also. Yeah. I, I think his legs are going to end up playing a big key uh, in, in whether or not the Cowboys win this game because – we don't know. We don't know how much Kellen Moore is wanting to use that arm at all tonight. Uh, you know, there could be a, a set pass limit that they have set on Dak, and then they say, "Okay, you know, if we end up having to pass the ball more than that, you're going to have to end up running the ball um, more." But I, I don't know. But this isn't, especially not when you're leading the the league in pass yards last year before mm-hmm. you go out with a broke leg. Mm-hmm. This is not what you want from from your quarterback at all. Yeah, and you almost have to think that they're going to mix in a lot of run plays. They might even use, I know they're going to use Zeke, but they might use Tony Pollard a little bit too. Um, just to kind of mix up the looks, you don't want to give him the same guy every single play. So you could rely on some legs as well to get some pressure off of Dak because, as we've all said, there's going to be pressure on Dak. And you talked about Pollard. He's great for the screen game. Yep. That'll, short throws, I think, are how Absolutely. Dak's going to start the game. Yeah. You know, the screen passes, they can go to the running back. And CeeDee Lamb's great after the catch as well. So I think that's how they, they're going to use Prescott at least to start the game. Well, how much mm-hmm. would they use that, though, with Zach Martin out? You know, I mean, how get the ball out quick. Gonna, how yeah. heavy are they going to rely on that? Yeah, they, those screen passes, your O linemen have got to make sure they're, they're blocking assignments are, you know, perfect. But the screen is getting out quick, so. That the goal is to get the ball out of Dak's hands as quick as possible. And if they're in the backfield before he can get a screen pass off, uh, I, th- I think uh, Dallas needs to contact some new <laughs> offensive linemen. Yeah. And they'll have bigger problems. Yeah, <laughs> yeah absolutely. Yeah, so, uh, you know, a lot of a lot of question marks going into uh, the year. I will say this, though. Dak is fun to watch. Um, you know, he's it's fun to watch him play the game. He does a great job. Um, and... Yeah, well, you know, we're going to see how he does. I, I'm, I'm excited to, to figure it out. So a lot of people are thinking this game is going to end up being a shootout, uh, even though the the Bucks are returning a lot of their starters on defense. But I, I want to see kind of what you all think. Who ends up winning this game? And then just go ahead and give me a score if you have one. Yeah, I think the Bucks win and they cover. Uh, I think they'll cover the nine-point spread, and I think they'll win by ten. I've got 34-24 to 24 right now. Um, I could see it going the other way, but I think it's just too hard for me right now before I see anybody play and lace up. I think it's too hard for me to say Dak comes out here and wins against the reigning Super Bowl champs. And and that said, you've got Ronald Jones and Leonard Fournette coming back who are running behind last year's best offensive line who, like we've all said, they return everyone. And that is so rare for a Super Bowl team to bring everyone back and sign more players. Like they've brought more people in. And also... A guy, Antonio Brown, is kind of a guy for me to watch because you obviously, everybody knows who Chris Godwin is and everybody knows who Mike Evans is. Mike Evans went seven years with 1,000-yard receiving seasons. So they obviously know how to guard him or they know how he's going to play, but Antonio Brown is that third receiver that can get open and we've seen what he can do in Pittsburgh. And even in the playoffs last year, he came through pretty clutch in some scenarios. So... Yeah, and it's interesting because he came in during the season last mm-hmm. year, so now he's got a full understanding of the playbook and with the talent that he has, he could easily become like the first receiver on the Buccaneers. For sure. Um, I think I'm going to take the Buccaneers 34-17. Uh, it's just a pretty basic football score right there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, they're going to put up points. Um, the Cowboys are going to struggle a little bit. 
um, especially with the the injury to Zach Martin on offense. I think that does hurt them a lot. But um, yeah, I got the the Bucks covering that nine point spread and and winning comfortably. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think this game's going to be very close. I think the Buccaneers' defense will do their job. The Cowboys' offense will see just how important it is to have a great put-together front line, which without Zach Martin is going to hurt them a lot. Brady's going to be good. Probably not great, but good. And he doesn't really need to be great on this team. This team is so good that as long as he's a good game manager and does his job, I think Tampa Bay will dominate the time of possession. I think they win 31-14. That's a really good point. That was, that, that was a really good point about game managing because if you think about it, Tom Brady's last year in New England, we all know, nobody knew that Tom Brady wanted to leave openly, but Tom Brady was not on the greatest New England Patriots team that we've ever seen. They were struggling even with Tom Brady playing great. So now that he is older, he is progressing into his 40s, uh, it's cool for him to know that he doesn't have to play his best every game. He can game manage, like you said. He can get his running backs a solid amount of yards, and he knows he's not going to be, get hit because he's playing behind last year's first-round pick for them, uh, Tristan Wirfs. He's their, uh, their, their big tackle, so he's getting his second year in the line. And um, their center... Uh, he was uh, Ryan the PFF. Jensen. Yeah, Ryan Jensen, he was the PFF best center in the NFL last year. So... Um, that helps a lot too. You're obviously your quarterback center connection. So year two for him, I think he feels even more comfortable than he did in year one. So completely yeah. agree with your game management. And I think point. Tampa Bay's why he was so good last year is because they're the perfect team to game manage. Yeah. There's so much talent and it's so solid. You know, like Chris Godwin and Mike mm-hmm. Evans might just barely crack the top ten, yeah. but there's so much talent around them as far as role players go that that's mm-hmm. all Brady has to do. And another uh, new addition to watch on the Buccaneers' offense is going to be Gio Bernard because he's going to play that role of, of James White for Tom Brady. He's going to mm-hmm. be the pass-catching third down back that you know he used so often in New England. So that's going to be uh, interesting to watch how they use him too. Yeah, this is. I'm gonna roll with uh, a one point possession, or not a one point, a one score possession game, or one one possession. Yes, thank you, (laughs) thank you. (laughs) There you go. But uh, but no, you know, this I could see being you know like a game that goes, you know, thirty four to what twenty one, twenty two. You know, so I I think that this is gonna be a, a. of a game that's going to be really fun to watch, and uh, I think that that the Cowboys are going to try to keep it close, and I think they'll end up keeping it pretty close. So we'll see. And just in case you're wondering, I did fix my mic, so my mic yeah. is, my mic is good good to go. We're back. So, yeah, we're back. I'm gonna try not to touch it because I like to touch it. So, all right. So we're gonna we're gonna kind of move into App State football here. Uh, for those of you who don't know, App. Did play back in Charlotte last week. I did start out a little shaky, uh, but didn't end up beating ECU pretty handily. Uh, now they get to travel down to Coral Gables, uh, take on a, the number 22 ranked team in the nation, Miami Hurricanes. Um, Going to be a, a fun game, a great atmosphere. Does App in, in does App have any shot whatsoever at winning this football game? I actually had no written down before. And I'm I'm going to say I'm gonna be I'm gonna say it's contingent on a few things. I'm going to say it's contingent on Mr. Derek King himself. Uh, 
I think if Derek King does not have a good game with his legs, I think App does have a chance. I think I still don't think App has a chance overall. <laughs> but if Derek King somehow managed to be, is if we spy him, which I think we should, if we spy him with somebody, try to keep him in the pocket as much as possible, make him throw over you instead of rushing over, like running you over. I think App. Maybe has a chance, maybe, but you got to think again. We're playing a team prior to last week. They were the 14th ranked team in the country, now number 22. Um, it's it's hard for me to say. Okay, yeah, we're playing in Coral Gables and we have the advantage. No, that's no. just that. Just if App goes to Florida last week and plays Alabama in the opener. It's not forty-four to thirteen. It's a lot worse, and I promise you that. Well, and this this game is as at night too, mm-hmm. uh, in Coral Gables, and App's actually the the underdog going in this game. Clearly, oh, so. I wouldn't have guessed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I, I think I know that I should not be saying that, but I think it's just it's just realistic. It App is a great team, and I will never say that they are not. App will probably win every other game this year, but. You're playing Miami. Miami is constantly ranked. They've got the turnover chain for a reason. They had a top 40 defense last year in, in college football. Um, and they've been better in years past, but they're still really good. So, As far as having a chance goes, I mean, we beat Michigan, so... I, I like that. Uh, yeah. I like that. So um, like any, that. anything is possible there. But, I mean, yeah, I think, we, of course, we have a chance. Like Coop said, spying the quarterback is going to be the most important thing. The, the speed of the linebackers, like the outside guys, Brennan Harrington, Nick Hampton, are going to be the, uh, the big, big guys on defense who are going to have to contain him in the pocket, make him throw the ball. Uh, I think the biggest question mark is going to be Chase Bryce again. Uh, I know he played well last week, but... You know, against ACC competition a year ago, of course, led the nation in turnovers. I've said that probably four times on this on the show, but I, I can't stress it enough. Um, hopefully, um, you know, he's on his game. We get him into a rhythm like we did last week, and you know, having a pass game going into the into this game is going to be huge. Yeah, I most definitely think App has a shot. And despite my enthusiasm, I'm not picking App. If I were to pick, I'd pick Miami. But as far as us having a shot. I definitely think we do. We looked great against ECU. Uh, we won 33-19, but if you go back and watch the fourth quarter, it should have been by more, and it well, very well could have been. We laid off a yeah. lot. Yeah, absolutely. Ran the ball a lot more. And- absolutely. Um, Nate Noel and Cam Peoples picked up right back off where back where they left off. Um, 226 yards between them. Cam Peoples having two touchdowns. Noel, 8.4 yards a carry. Uh, my biggest question going into week one was Chase Bryce. But he was slinging it. He's, he was 74%, two touchdowns. I do really like you bringing up him being in the ACC last year mm-hmm. playing Miami. Uh, I don't think he'll look as solid and it'll still be a question. But some of my worries were definitely relieved last week about Chase Bryce. Let me say this about Chase Bryce. I don't want to hear anybody saying, calling for this guy's head after this week if he does bad. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not. I well, I just don't want to hear any of these athletes. Oh, I told you so. No. He played an ACC level team who is competitive against teams like Clemson. Like that's you have to understand. Also, App played last year's ninth team in the athletic or the American Athletic Conference. Uh, ninth? I don't know if I like that very much. Um, so, uh, sure, East Carolina. To me, East Carolina is a cupcake. So I don't like. <laughs> to me, you guys can say whatever you want. I think East Carolina is a cupcake. They were ninth. They finished. They're seventh right now. They finished ninth last year in the American Conference. Um, they they just don't show me anything as like oh that's a great win. But um, 
to say, yeah, to say about Chase Bryce, um, you you made a good point, and I think it does depend on Chase Bryce. But again, for me, no chance. I think that this football team does have a chance, um, and it would not surprise me one bit if App went down there and won. And uh, I think that the the biggest thing is going to be you've got to win the the game on defense. You you've got to have your your defense step up. We've got a lot of returners, a lot of veteran guys on that defense, especially in the secondary. And those guys are going to have to play huge. And as far as containing Derek King goes, I agree. You, you're going to have to spy him all game. You're going to have to mix in your defensive coverages. You're going to have to find ways to keep him off balance mm-hmm. all game long, whether it's you know blitzing on first down, whether it's running you know zone on you know first down, whether it's running man, however you got to do it. But you've got to find ways to keep him off balance on the offensive side of the football. Defense was a little shaky at the beginning of the ECU game, but straightened it out, figured it out, and and um, you know ended up coming up with a win. The one thing that I will say on offense and you know going back to Chase Bryce, Chase has played in the ACC. He's played in environments like this. He's played in bigger environments like this. So as far as a quarterback standpoint is concerned, he knows what it takes to win in an environment like this. I think this App State team has a chance. I think if they play their best football like I know they're capable of playing, I think they'll win this game. And I think that Miami's going to end up treating this game like almost like a cakewalk kind of game. You know, they say, oh, we just played on a national stage. We played Bama, you know, got killed, lost by 30. But, you know, for the most part, we we feel pretty good about our chances. And like I said, Miami, I got a feeling, is going to rely a lot on Derek King's legs. Derek King rushed for, what, 600 yards last year, Mm -hmm. I think you said. Mm -hmm. Okay, rushed for 600 yards last year, probably going to rush for about that again this Mm -hmm. year. So his legs are going to be a huge factor in this game and in the game for every other game for Miami. So this is is huge. And, uh, you know, as as we kind of touched on a little bit, Derek King is tough for any defense to face just because he can beat you with his arm, he can beat you with his legs. Jeff, you said before we even started the show, he's like a a bigger Lamar Jackson, if you will. And... uh, I would have to agree with that statement. And, you know, we we kind of touched on it. And, you know, I think we all agree that you've got to mix in those those different coverages on defense. you got to spy them all game, whether that's picking one guy to spy them, whether it's picking two guys, mm-hmm. however you do it. But, you know, you, you've got to find and contain the outside. I agree. Contain that perimeter, uh, you know, with, with our linebackers. So it's definitely going to be um, interesting to see, especially within the first half, how our defense approaches the situation yeah. as a whole. And to be honest, Manny Diaz runs Miami's defense. That defense is not impressive at all to me. They're really not. And You, you mean know, just this year or in the past? Well, ever since he ever since he took over the defense at Miami. I believe it was last year he mm-hmm. took over their defense, I believe. And I mean, they so, still finished a top 40 in the country at the, after the end of the year, so... Yeah, say look, it's terrible. Look, look what happened when they played teams like you know Carolina, for example. That was a highly anticipated game, and what Carolina did ran all over them. And that same thing might end up happening again uh, to Saturday night for for apps. So you know we'll, we'll see. I, if if Manny Diaz's defense was a little bit better, I would say you know this is going to be a struggle for App. But I think on offense, with the weapons that we have on offense, I think that this is going to be a game that. You know, App hangs in, and I think that this is going to be a game that App ends up winning. And, and uh, 
App fans travel well. I went down to Columbia when we played when we played South Carolina, and over probably probably forty fifty percent of the fans there were App fans. I mean, it was packed, full of App fans. So I think that's going to be a, a big factor, also. I think you're dealing with a little bit of a different beast in Miami, yeah. to be honest. I mean, South oh, Carolina yeah, no, is great in their own respect. I completely agree. No, beasts. no, no shade against South Carolina, but Miami's on their own. I mean, Miami has. So many championships. Like, I, I I love how App is trying to get Barstool into this versus uh, versus Miami, but we have no room to talk. <laughs> that's all I have. To it, say. it is a completely different beast, and it's a Miami team that's going to finish in the top three within within their division, if not the top probably. Two. You know, Carolina and Miami are going to be right there all year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we we played this Miami team before. I actually. Played them in Kid Brewer. I'm not really sure how we afforded to pay Miami to come play. But anyways, we got them to play. That I believe that was one of Mark Rick's final years. Miami ended up actually blowing us out pretty bad, 45 to Big 10. Time. Yeah, absolutely killed us. Brad, <laughs> Brad Kaya went off for Miami, 21 to 27, 368 yards, three touchdowns, and you know they they really shut down App's offense. Taylor Lamb, 10 of 21, 115 yards, one touchdown, one interception. But what surprised me was the run game that they shut down. Jalen Moore rushed for 89 yards, but that was, what, five years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So completely different teams, two completely different teams. And I think um, offensively we're going to, you know, it's a big kind of game on the road. I think we're going to pull out all the stops. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see any any trick plays. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, like Malik Williams throws a pass in this game. Um, I think this you, is a this is a game that we really want, and it's like if we win this, it's possibly program defined. I, I think you've got to be super aggressive out of the gate yes. on offense, and I think that you know it's going to end up being ground and pound type football game. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, here's the here's the problem: these games typically can go closer to upsets whenever the opposing team has a quarterback that can match the the, the skills and talent of De'Eric King. Like we don't, they don't have to game plan for Chase Bryce running for 500 yards. <laughs> Chase no. Bryce will not. Chase no. Bryce will probably barely move out of the pocket. So that that kind of hurt because think of a game like when Louisville and Clemson played back when Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson they were going at each other that game because both quarterbacks kind of mirrored each other in the style of play that they do because they can run first or they can throw first and you don't have to game plan. Chase Bryce, what is he going to do to you? He's going to throw. But Derek King will do everything to you. Derek King caught passes last year. He actually had uh, almost 200 uh, receiving yards last year. Chase Bryce so, is going to absolutely destroy that secondary. I got a feeling. Uh, I'm I serious. mean, okay. Here's I mean, another his, thing his, I don't his like. Deep ball is, is here's lethal. another thing I don't like to. I don't like to uh, use this as something. But ACC and Miami, those players are probably going to be a lot bigger and more physical than us. I, I, that's just that's my take. It's the ACC versus the Sun Belt like recruiting. Well, that's these, what happened these when teams everybody are went playing. played South Carolina, and look what happened. Same thing with North Was South Carolina. Carolina ranked when we played them. No, no. okay. Well, anyways, but that doesn't um, have anything to do with no, it. No, but but South Carolina wasn't good that year. South right. Ca- Miami has Miami came into the season ranked fourteenth. They were good. People think they are good. Yeah. Their quarterback is literally top ten right now in Heisman contender odds. So. I, it's it's not comparable to me. That's just that's me. It's not comparable. Look, 
even UNC was a like a six and six team that year going into yeah. the into the bowl game. And to your point on Miami's secondary, they they do have a pretty good secondary. They have a lot of returning guys like like DJ Ivy and like um, Al Blades Jr. and their safety Bubba Bolden, twenty one. He's going to make a lot of tackles in this game. So you know I, their coverage skills, they're a little. Uh, iffy, lackluster. but yeah, a little lackluster. <laughs> but you know, they they like to attack the run as well. Look, I, all, all I'm saying is, I think you're going to be very surprised by the outcome. I hope I want to be. I want to be. Whether it's Miami or App, I think it's going to be a close game, all yeah. game. I think it's going to be a great football game. And to your point, I want to be surprised. <laughs> I want App to win, but they they've got to do everything you said and more, in my opinion. I don't think much of the issue is going to be on our offense. I think our offense will be able to score. We I can't think, outscore them. But yeah. But that's the issue is we mm-hmm. can't. It's going to be very difficult to outscore them when they have De'Aaron King, mm-hmm. who, as you were mentioning, um, he's lethal on his legs. But typically when you play a team like that, you're like, okay, force him to throw the ball. Mm-hmm. His career touchdown to interceptions, he has 74 career touchdowns, only 17 yeah, interceptions. Yeah, 23 and 5 last year. He was yeah. 23 touchdowns to 5 interceptions. Yeah, he can throw year. the ball. You can't just force him to do that. Um, yep. I don't. I don't think you can stop him. I think our biggest goal should be to shut down the run game, make yeah. him one dimensional. That's a very fair point because you would be playing into their hands the more you try to stop him. Right. Yeah. Well, I, this is something I guess we could talk about really the whole rest of the show. About, <laughs> you know what you got to do, what you don't have to do. But I think another huge thing, and you know, we we got to move on. But I think another huge thing, at least for App State's perspective, you you you've got to find a way to to minimize the miscues, especially. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you're going to go down to Coral Gables and want to win that game, you've got to minimize the miscues. Don't shoot yourself in the foot when you don't need to be shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, that's part of having a perfect game is no yep. turnovers, absolutely no turnovers, and maybe you have to force one or two to get good field position. We have to win the turnovers. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Sure. I'm honestly jealous that you're going down to Coral Gables. <laughs> I wish I could be going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, man. I, I, I got blessed with the opportunity to go down there and uh, – it's going to be a great football game. Um, I, I'm excited for the atmosphere to be down there. Me and uh, Ben, the other sports director, both are, are getting the chance to go down there. So it's it's uh, it's going to be fun. Um, I'll be sure to send a lot of pictures. <laughs> so uh, yeah. so we'll 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 see how it goes. Uh, a lot of anticipation into this game. And um, real quick here, if App wins this game, do they lose another game? Keep in mind. We host Marshall and Coastal at home, which were the two teams who beat us last year. And we played like garbage against Marshall and Coastal, really, both. Do we lose a game this year if we beat Miami Saturday? I say yes. I don't know who to, honestly. I, I couldn't pick one. I, I said either Southern or Coastal. I don't know. I think Southern's one of those games where it's like, well... We're better than them, but it's it's a hate week, so anything could really happen. Or Louisiana, you gotta yeah. Them too. I was about to say we're overlooking Louisiana. We play them on a road on yeah. the road on a Tuesday, I think. Yeah. A little fun belt action, but that game's gonna be pretty dangerous. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think it'd be too early to tell, obviously, yeah. but. Um, uh, Coastal has played, you know, the Citadel, and they play, you know, Kansas. football powerhouse Kansas on, on <laughs> Friday. Yeah. Oh, so, um, Great team. And yeah. that game's nationally televised. I'm like, uh, they're going to kill no, Kansas. That's what happens <laughs> when you play on a Friday, I guess. Yeah. Nothing, nothing else is on. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly a possibility. Um, but uh, there's still a lot of work to be done. And 
part of that is winning this game. Good news is though is Coastal we don't we don't host them till end of the year. So by that time we've got a lot of kinks we can work out and that kind of thing. Whereas Marshall it, we I think it's by like mid October. I think and then Marshall we we play them, you know, that's two weeks away. Right. So you gotta clean that up fast if you're gonna beat Marshall. That's right. Yeah, I, I still think we're gonna lose one even if we beat Miami. Going into the season, I predicted that we will drop two. I think we'll beat Marshall. I think we'll lose to Miami, and then we'll drop one against either Coastal or Lafayette. But I, I, I hope I'm wrong. But I do think that just Coastal looks so good, and Lafayette's on the road. I yeah. I said last week that if we beat Miami, I don't think we'll lose a game all year. I think now going back to look at it, and at the time I didn't look at the scheduling. I, at now that I'm really looking at it, I think if we lose a game, if we beat Miami, it will be to Louisiana because it's on the road, and Louisiana always gives us fits. That, that's a, but guys, the guys who took advantage of the extra eligibility came back to beat teams like Marshall and Coastal. They came back to beat those teams. So I do not see those guys letting Marshall and Coastal beat us both two years in a row. Uh, I hope Louisiana's long snapper is back, too, so that'll yeah. give us a, a great chance to win this game. That long snapper was terrible, but then our offense couldn't do anything exactly. about it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so, <But>, um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll see. Got got a lot of uh, exciting football games coming up. Um, unfortunately, they're several weeks away, so all we can do is just talk about it till it comes. But uh, we're going to take a quick break. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to 90.5, or I'm sorry, you're listening to Sports Wrap, presented by... Eggers Law Firm on 90.5 WASU-FM. Welcome back to Sports Wrap, everyone. You heard it there from Brian Fisher. I'm going to be honest with you guys. I have no idea who that guy is. I've never <laughs> heard of that guy a day in my life. But apparently he uh, really likes Sports Wrap. We're so, back. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's a good thing. And, yeah, we're back. Happy Thursday, everyone. I hope everybody's had a great week. Uh, tomorrow's Friday. So hang in there almost through, through the week. And uh, so if you're if you're just joining us, talked a little bit about some NFL and cover some App State football. And now we're going to get into my favorite segment uh, of the of the night, college football. So just go ahead and starting out. There's a lot of a lot of very very good games uh, going on this. Well, not a lot, but there's a couple interesting games going on this week. What games game or games are y'all looking out for? Yeah, mine is the one I have circled, and I think it's the best game of the week, is Iowa State-Iowa. This is actually the first time Iowa State and Iowa have faced off as two top ten teams. Um, So I'm excited. It's a 4.30 game. It's nationally televised, obviously, and um, it's going to be at a – yeah, it's a battle for the Cyhawk Trophy. It's going to be at Jack Trice Stadium. I'm just super excited to see um, how these two teams do against each other. It's definitely a hate week for them. Yeah, um – you know, like you said, top ten matchup for the first time in their history because Iowa State historically has been terrible, but now they're finally, uh, you know, football relevant. So that that game should be a lot of fun. There's a, a couple other good games um, to look at. I'm looking um, at Washington, Michigan, uh, late. Uh, Washington coming off the embarrassing loss a week ago after being uh, ranked in the preseason, and then Michigan, who um, won last week. And uh, another uh, interesting game, non-conference, I think NC State-Mississippi State. And uh, it's the first time, you know, NC State's really traveling anywhere to play anyone good in a non-conference. So uh, I'm interested to see how they do. And Mississippi State 
They struggled last week against Louisiana Tech, but uh, it should be a good matchup. And the last one, which is a little bit interesting, is LSU and McNeese State. You might be wondering, why the heck is that interesting? Well, Ed Orgeron's son, yeah, Ed Orgeron's yeah. son is the quarterback on the other team. So um, that's going to be uh, Coach O. Yeah, that's right. Go, go Tigers. Go Tigers. That's, that's going to be a lot of fun. Go Tigers. See the, the, that's fun to yeah. say, man. <laughs> it's really fun to say. Yeah. It's also going to be fun to, fun to watch how, how those two interact. For sure. My, my biggest game this year is Oregon versus Ohio State. Not this year, but this week. I think this game is going to be really big for both teams. Um, both teams got a win last week, but neither of them were impressive. Ohio State beat Minnesota by 14, but they were down at halftime. Oregon only beat Fresno State by 7. Um, and we know how important in college football these non-conference ranked games are. Um, top 25 matchups outside of your conference, especially if you're Oregon. Um, there's only a couple other ranked teams in the Pac-12. Uh, the Big Ten didn't look incredibly impressive this year. So I think this is a huge game for college football playoff playability yeah this thing this whole game with iowa state iowa is very interesting to me this game's in ames actually so um, but Iowa's won this game i believe the past three or four years I think it's I five. Think. Oh, five years okay i was basically dominated you know this this little robbery that he got going on but iowa state is uh Liable to surprise a lot of people. Matt Campbell is an incredible head coach. Uh, I think he does a great job with that program. Brock, Brock Purdy is a great quarter, uh, great quarterback, uh, and you know I, I think that this is going to be a fun game to watch. But mine is actually I'm going to have to go agree with Cody here. I'm going to go Oregon Ohio State. Is that game in Autzen? No, or this, is it at the no, shoe? It's at, at the, the shoe, shoe at noon. It's at the yeah. shoe at noon on Fox. And I was just about to say Oregon and Ohio State have played at Autzen before, mm-hmm. which. You know, by the way, I, I would absolutely love to go to Austin, mm-hmm. um, but uh, but no, you know, this is this is going to be a very very interesting game, and I think if it really uh, Ohio State's got a freshman CJ Strode going out there again for week two, uh, and this will be his first real competition, a real contest. Uh, you know, Oregon's still waiting to see if Kayvon Thibodeau will play. A lot of people think he'll go number one overall in the draft or within the top five this year. Absolutely great def- defensive player for Oregon, mm-hmm. and you know, and really, if Oregon wants a chance at all to make the playoff, they have to win this game. You know, and there's a couple other good teams in the Pac-12 to watch out for. USC might end up surprising a lot of people. UCLA, I like UCLA. U- UCLA, you know, two and zero so far this year. Chip Kelly and, and Dorian Thompson Robinson doing a great job together. Um, Notre Dame running back uh, transferred to UCLA and, and he's played well for them. So there, there's those are three teams really. And then you can't forget about Utah, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Utah is always a, a very solid team. So we'll see. I think that's a a, a good game to watch on both levels. Um, you know, as an Oregon fan, obviously I want Oregon to win, but. Um, you know, Oregon's going to have to play their best caliber football they played, and so will Ohio State. Um, you know, it, it's going to be an entertaining game to watch, and uh, you know, I'm glad it's at noon 
on on Saturday. So no, um, who's not going to be glad it's at noon is Oregon because yeah, that's a <laughs> nine a.m. kickoff. Exactly, yeah, that man, is that, the time difference. <clears throat> It it plays a factor for sure, yeah. and I think if the Pac-12 wants to make the playoff at all, this game needs to be won because, I mean, I don't think USC or UCLA, I mean, they're both very good teams, but they're not but, playoff teams. Yeah, yeah, and we'll see how it goes. A lot of people are thinking, you know, Oregon obviously wins the Pac-12 again this year, which, um, you know, I, I would have to agree with, but, but yeah, we'll, we'll see how it goes, so... Um, like we all kind of touched on it, I guess, but Iowa State and Iowa clearly seems to, is the game of the week this week. What are what are you all looking for, I guess, in this game? Um, who are you looking watching out for to perform well, um, and, and you know go from there? I think it's for me, it's a toss up. Um, I think Iowa has the slight edge here. Um, they've met 67 times over their long history, and the Hawkeyes actually lead the all-time series 45-22. to 22. Um, And they've actually won the last five meetings uh, between the teams. So I think you, you're kind of faced with a weird scenario where both teams are good, so it could go either way. Um, I'm just looking forward to seeing... How, like how they play against each other as, as top-ranked teams. I, I don't really have much else to say. I mean, obviously, 45-22 um, to 22 kind of speaks in favor of the Hawkeyes and winning the last five. But um, obviously, they don't play in the same uh, conferences, but um, it's still a huge rivalry. So really, records go out the window. Any, everything goes out the window. How good a quarterback is goes out the window. How good your running back is goes out the window. So it's just... Doesn't matter whose name it is. I don't. It doesn't matter who. If Tom Brady's their quarterback, it's 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 hate week. It's on the line. And yeah, you take a look at Iowa State and they, and no losing five straight in this rivalry, mm-hmm. and then you know this is your best chance to to beat Iowa finally. Mm-hmm. You know you got Brock Purdy back there is probably his last season. Brees Hall is a great running back. He's probably not going to come back after this year. So this is really you know the last chance for. Iowa State's, I guess, golden age of, of football to to pull through and win a rivalry game. But, um, yeah, it's going to be a, a grinded-out type game. I think it's going to be pretty low-scoring. Quarterback play from both sides is solid, but it's not going to you know win you a game. But um, uh, the, de- the defensive fronts are going to be very important with good running backs on both sides with Brees Hall, as I mentioned, and Tyler Goodson for Iowa. I think this game's kind of going to be a disappointment. I don't think it's going to be incredibly close. I think Iowa State looked less than impressive in week one. Um, their offense looked stagnant, while on the other side, Iowa beat a ranked number 17 Indiana team 34-6. to I think Iowa wins by two touchdowns. Indiana is a conversation we can have later. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, just very quick, I think Indiana was a one-hit wonder, basically. Um, and I think a lot of people over overhyped them. Um, I don't think Indiana is going to be nearly as good this year. Yeah, I agree with Cody. Um, I don't, you know, this is really the quote-unquote most anticipated game of the week but I, I don't know how exciting this game's really going to be Iowa State actually opens as the favorite going into this game uh, and and uh, I think I think the the biggest thing for me is just going to see Brock Purdy's leadership Brock Purdy's experience we're going to see how well he can command this Iowa State offense Iowa State I believe actually dropped in the rankings even though they won, I believe they were seven beginning of the year last yeah. week, yeah. and they're nine now. So I think they they, yeah. they dropped. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. Uh, this Iowa State football team is great, but I I don't I don't know if this is going to be 
as hyped up as a, of a game as a lot of people are thinking it will be. Well, Cody, let's just go ahead and say uh, week one. It's only week two. I think we need to chill out on the Iowa State's not that good. Um, I it's, just it's week two. Yeah, we, but seeing them you score can't judge sixteen teams. against Northern you Iowa when yeah, you play you this can't. Hawkeye defense, it's going to be a lot different. That, that's great, but is that their rival? Is that their main rival that they've played? It's still a rival, for, but like if no, you're if you're ranked in the top ten, you, you cannot, can't look. You, you, you can't overlook teams. You can't overlook a Northern Iowa and say, "Oh, let's prepare for Iowa instead." Rival, rival or not, the talents on Iowa's side. Why then? Why are they ranked tenth? There's that's, a reason. That's a great question. No, there's <laughs> um, <laughs> Iowa. Iowa is actually quite underrated by the committee many years, um, and I think that includes this year. I think Iowa is going to prove that they should be ranked higher. That's great, but you have to throw all that out the window come Saturday. Do you always agree with the committee, though? Do I always? I don't always agree with the committee, but I don't think that has anything to do with. Well, you said like the wise Iowa State ranked higher. Um, I I disagree with that. Um, I don't agree with the committee. Well, they're there. They're there. So I'm I'm taking them as number ten because that's what the committee ranked them. Even if I I disagree, I mean Iowa State's nine and Iowa's ten, so. Exactly. The mar- the margin's incredibly close. But didn't you also just said Iowa State opened as a favorite. So, um I, I think Vegas I, is wrong. Okay. okay, well. Being being the home team automatically gives you 3 points, mm-hmm. I think. So they're mm-hmm. technically only like if they played on a neutral field, they'd be one and a half point favorites. But um taking a look at that, I think Iowa State's overrated not based off of last week's performance, but based off of, you know, the I'm not past coming year. to Iowa State's defense. I'm just saying Right. You have to literally look at a matchup like, let's let's talk about App State versus uh, Fail Southern. We <laughs> we have played them terribly when they were worse than us and lost. But records go out us, the window. That's what I'm saying. That's exactly what I'm saying. Well, we I'm not. I'm not teams, saying the record is the we, issue. I'm saying Iowa State. We were against a the competition. We have lost to them when we were a better team. Yeah, but I'm not looking at the record. I'm saying Iowa State played Nor am I. That's not I much throw records out the window. And only won by six. I said throw records out the window. Right, I know, I'm but, but I'm not saying that I'm taking their record as You're saying players, right? We were better than Georgia State or Georgia Southern when we, when we lost to them. So, so are you saying like who we are you saying better is better, team, Iowa or Iowa State? I believe, weren't we 21st the last time we lost to Georgia State? We were ranked, like 24th, 21st, yeah. something Yo, we, like we that. We were in the mid-20s, I and think. I believe we were undefeated. Well, yeah, but, and we were a better but team, if I'm gonna but predict, we lost. But if I'm going to predict who's going to win on Saturday, I'm going to predict the better and, team. And you really think it's going to be that big of a margin? Yes, that, I, think, I think they'll win by double digits. You're we'll insane. come. We'll come back to it. I'm pretty sure after the game, we'll, we'll take a we look. Will. But I'm pretty sure Iowa wins by double digits. I'm very sure. I think the real loss here is is how to say the word rivalry. You know, it's a tough word to say. That, rivalry. <laughs> I'll, I'll say this: that that's a that's a huge stretch. And by the way, I, I love the banter between y'all two, but that's a huge, <laughs> that's that's a huge stretch. Um, like kind of like Cooper said, um, records go out the window completely mm-hmm. when you when you play in your rival. Although you know, Cody. You, when you look at it, Iowa might be the better team, really, from top to bottom. Never said they weren't. Yeah. But yeah. But who am I supposed to pick to win on Saturday if I'm not picking the better team? Yeah. Oh, I'm picking Iowa and, too, and but I didn't say they'd win by a crazy margin. Okay. Like you. Okay. Sure. And I, I think that I, I don't know if the, if this game is just won by a, by a huge margin. Um, I, I think that the over under is 46. So expecting that, a, low expect, scoring, grounded yeah. out. Yeah, and, and I think that's what it's liable to be. Um, I, I think it's going to be a low-scoring football game, and I think it's going to be tight all the way through. But but we'll see. But, yeah, you, you've got to throw records out out the window, rankings, records, all that, anytime you play your rival. And these two teams, 
absolutely despise each other. So we'll see how it goes. Uh, this one is um, kind of interesting because a lot of people think one team, and I just think they're absolutely bizarre for thinking this team. But who is you all's, I guess, national title favorite? Well, I just want to ask, what is the team that um, you think is bogus? What's the team you think that everyone is favoriting that's bogus? Oklahoma. Okay, I agree with you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to say this is way too early for me. I'm going to say Alabama. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to be. You know, fingers are going to be pointed at me because I think that's the general consensus right now. Boring. I mean, sure. But, <laughs> I mean, sure, but I mean, look yeah. at the odds right yeah, now. Yeah, it's nah, it's Alabama just based off of Week One's performance. Yeah. Um, there's teams that have the talent to do it, but. Um, just based, if you want to base everything off week one, Alabama looked the best by a large margin. Yeah, all of these predictions will be too close to tell, but I agree. I think Alabama, from what we've seen, runs away with it. Based on really even the conversation we were having last year, or not last year, 10, 20 minutes ago, De'Ara King didn't look good against Alabama. You have to throw that out of your mind because that's how good Alabama is. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, with y'all. I think that if Bama doesn't win it all this year, it's a wasted season. Of course, in Nick Saban's mind, it's a wasted season every year they don't this win This is like it. a rebuilding year for them, too, Honestly. because yeah, they lost exactly. so much talent, and they're still easily that, the best because when one guy goes out, another five stars going right back I was going to say, yeah, and there, there's a guy I know, like, and, he, and he always says every year, he says, we don't rebuild, we, re, we reload. Mm-hmm. And I would have to agree with that. Here's, here's what drives me insane. Everybody... These experts, quote-unquote, are saying Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma. Oklahoma has this best defense they've ever had in years. Oklahoma's going to go out and win the national championship. Oklahoma almost lost to Tulane at home. And they weren't even the home team technically because that game was wasn't even supposed to be played in Oklahoma but or in Norman. And Oklahoma still almost lost that football game. And Oklahoma has absolutely no defense at all. So when you play teams in the Big 12, that's a lot different than playing teams out of your conference because you're going into teams like the SEC, which somehow, somewhere they always end up matching up with in the playoff when they make it. And what happens a lot of times? They get absolutely blown out because their defense is just terrible. And the Big 12, you don't have to have a good defense to win the Big 12. You just got to outscore people. And they can do that. But they cannot win a national title until their defense gets a lot better. So those takes... I think are absolutely horrible to say Oklahoma is the national title favorite. I also think it's unfair to judge them on one game. Sure, they struggled, and, but they still won the game. They're still they're one and zero. They're going on to the next week, and Fair that enough. defense is going to improve. It was very good by the end of last year. They, but do you think that defense is going to be end up being good enough to win them a title? Though I think that could be good enough because if you watch them last year in the Cotton Bowl against Florida, I mean they made Kyle Trask look really bad granted he didn't have any of his weapons but still Oklahoma's got all the pieces on defense to make it happen they just have to do it I actually kind of wanted to add an interesting point I think their defense only needs to be good in two games if they're good enough to make it I think their defense only really needs to be national championship level in two games so I do agree with you historically I mean if we look back the Big 12 always puts up a lot of points. They go into like 83 overtimes. And um literally. So, yeah, so <laughs> I think to to your point Jason, they will they will not defend very great, great historically, but they only need to play great defense in two games. To, so to your point Jeff, they don't game 1, it's over. They they, got, they just got to be good by game 
13, 14, and possibly 15. Yeah, because think about it. They're number two right now. If right. they don't go anywhere, if they don't drop out of that top four, top five, they're safe. Georgia's so. number two. I think they're three. I think. Oh, because they. I think they were two last week. Yeah, they were two. Down. I think okay. they're three now. But, okay. you know, I'm not saying this Oklahoma team can't win the Big 12 because I fully think they can. If Oklahoma wins the Big 12, I think they make the, the playoff, which is still a long ways away. And let's not right. wish away the college football season. But – I just don't think that Oklahoma is has what it takes. They might squeeze into the national title game if they make the playoff, but I don't think they win the national title. I just don't think that their defense is, is good enough to – now, I agree, Jeff, they will improve. They improve every year. Every, defense, teams get better every every year throughout the year. I just don't feel like their defense is good enough to keep up with some of these big, high-caliber offenses in college football. And while they gave up 35 points to Tulane, whenever they needed a big play on defense, they mm-hmm. they got it. Like they, get, they had a lot of sacks. They were forcing They got fumbles. the kind of bend-don't-break mentality, exactly. I guess, in a sense. I agree with all of you guys. Here's, here's what I think and what I see happening. On Saturday, they play Western Carolina. They'll win by 60. Everyone will forget about the Tulane game. They'll run up the score. They'll let Texas score 38, but they'll score 42. They'll win the Big 12. <laughs> But when they get to the college football playoffs and they have to play a team like Alabama or Georgia, we're going to see what Oklahoma's defense is really made of, and that'll show that they shouldn't be the title favorites. I just think that it's absolutely bizarre to me that these experts, per se, are getting paid the big bucks, and then they want to say Oklahoma's going to win the title. I just, and I probably shouldn't say that on air, but... Um, might just you know. be because people want to hear something new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, wants to hear Bama You might again. be right. I think, it, I think it's appealing to the audience. Um, a lot of people... You know, want to see Oklahoma, them talk good about Oklahoma, but Oklahoma will not compete in the SEC if their defense doesn't get better. Good news is they've got four years, so mm-hmm. they've got time to work on it. So going into, I guess, our final question of the night, this has been, you know, a, a topic that I that has been discussed even last year, um, but a topic that I still feel like is very important to discuss, and this is something that will be talked about all year long, the Heisman. Who – do you all think is going to end up winning the Heisman this year? Is will there be a no doubt Heisman winner, or with anybody who contends? You know, wh- what do you all think? I think looking at it right now, uh, Bryce Young is my favorite. I, I think Spencer Rattler makes for an interesting second pick. Those are the top two right now, so I'm not making any bold statements. Also, there's there's a bold statement. Um, I think Matt Corral is an interesting one. Um, I've seen him play at Ole Miss. This is not the first time I've heard of him. I've seen Matt Corral play for a while, and um, that that'd be interesting. But if you told if I if you asked me if Matt Corral would be favorited over Bryce Young and Spencer Rattler, I would laugh you out of the room. So, um, yeah, those are the two for me. I I have Matt Corral, yeah, uh, and I love the pick. I think it's a good sleeper pick. Last year he had a sneaky great season with Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. He was seventy one percent. Over 3,300 yards, 29 touchdowns passing. He ran for over 500 yards, and I expect his usage rate to go up. The offense looked great against Louisville. He looked great, 381 yards and a touchdown, a QB rating of 179.1. I think he'll be. uh, I think he'll be great this season, and the team looks good. So the team will get wins. They'll be in the news, and that'll get him up there in the Heisman race. I was going to say, as much as I hate to say this. Because he's such an athlete, he won't have the press that Bryce Young and Spence. And that, no, that is the issue. No, I agree with you know that. That's my biggest not. worry. I agree. And that will hurt him because, as much as you can argue, it is kind of it comes down to a popularity contest in the yes. end, like who gets more screen time. Yes. And, but that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. That's, that's, exactly that's the biggest issue. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, realistically, it's it's a two horse race at the at the start here. If you just want to go off week one, yeah, Bryce Young, he's probably going to run away with it. But a lot of football left. I think Sam Howell is a guy who can still be in the mix. That could be, you know, my my Carolina bias blinding me. But uh, they got a lot to work out on offense. Um, Matt Corral is an interesting choice, I think, because he has all his weapons back except for Elijah Moore. And like Cody said, the offense looked really good against Louisville. Um, yeah, this is this is Rattler's award to lose. The press loves him. He's you know he's a good player. He's just you know he's got to got to win all the games. And he's young too. Exactly. He's he's yeah. very young. The one thing that I will say, I like the Matt Corral take. And what I'll say also, watching the the game Monday night, if you are going to beat Ole Miss, you're going to have to outscore them. Yes. Or your defense is going to have to play great because Ole Miss is going to score a lot of points. Mm-hmm. Lane Kiffin is an offensive mastermind, I guess, if you will, at times. A lot of people don't think that, but at times he can be. And he and wasn't s- even coaching that game. No, and he wasn't <laughs> even coaching, and they still blew out Louisville. I mean, they, they had Louisville on their heels all game. I mean, they just – ran down the field all night on that defense. So you're going to have to play good defense against them or you're going to have to outscore them, one of the two. So I like the Matt Corral take. I think that Spencer Rattler is going to be a finalist. Um, and I like the Bryce Young take. I think Bryce Young will end up being a finalist. Bryce Young just is young. So I think that you know he's still got at least two more years to potentially win it, if not three. So we'll see. Um, I've got a role with Sam Howell here. And I, you know, I'm going to push away the Carolina bias uh, aside. Sam Howe, in my opinion, was the best quarterback, is the best quarterback this year in, in all of college football. And I know what's probably going to happen. Spencer Rattler's going to get all the love and the publicity and everything. And Spencer Rattler's probably going to win the Heisman because of that reason. But I think Sam Howe and Spencer Rattler are going to duke it out all year for that Heisman trophy. And... Like you said, Coop, it comes down to a popularity contest. And Sam Howell doesn't win that. And, and No, Spencer Rattler wins that. As much as we hate to admit it, Spencer Rattler gets a lot more love than what Sam Howell gets. And that's like there's been times in all different types of leagues, like the NBA, the NFL, the MLB, where the guys who are more popular end up winning awards over guys who are better than them statistically that year. And you know what also is going to hurt Sam Howell is – Guys like Matt Corral that are playing just as good for a team that is just as good. And they're good. playing in better conference. Yes, that's going to hurt him. I'm not saying it's going to make him worse, but it's going to hurt his chance. Like, it's probably going to drop him down the board. He's. <clears throat> I'd be surprised if he's top three in voting when everything is said and done. Like, I'm, I'm not being biased or anything. I'm right, just right. being honest. Yeah. I, yeah, Sam Howell, to me, is the best quarterback in the country. The problem is the guys around him. You know, he's got one receiver to go to. Emory Simmons, yeah, usually a lot of it's time. Josh Downs. Josh Downs is a, was the guy last week, had eight for one twenty three. But like the run game that they had a year ago, gone. And and yeah, they, <laughs> the they, receivers gone. They bring so. in the the Tennessee transfer Todd yeah. Chandler, and Ooh. he didn't play super great yeah, he last can't, year. He can't last break week a tackle. And, yeah. So you know it's. Good thing is, is that was week one. There's a lot of time left, but That's Carolina right. Carolina cannot afford to lose another football game, you know, at all. If Sam wants a chance to win the Heisman, which means he's got to go make the ACC championship, win the ACC championship, even potentially make the college football playoff. So it, it's it's going to be hard. But I think that Sam Howe really statistically is going to have a better year than what Spencer Rattler will. But I think it's going to be it'd be a, it's going to be a battle between Spencer Rattler, Sam Howe. It's been that ever since they both were entered into college football so we'll see but that's going to do it 
here for Sports Wrap. But before we go, I'm running a little bit over, but we got to do this. It's, I feel like it's tradition by now to do this. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. feel like it's kind of tradition. Oh yeah. So we're uh, we're gonna run with a little bit of shout outs here. So um, we're gonna you know just just shout out whoever you know whatever comes to your mind. So we're we're gonna go out. I believe let's go out on a, on a little Travis. Let's go on to some Yosemite since he's in you know Drake's new album. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll go out on some Yosemite. So Coop, go ahead, kick it off, man. Uh, my, mine is uh, for all the fantasy football players out there. Mine's going out to um, my good buddy, not really, but Matthew Barry. Uh, he's the host of the ESPN Plus, the fantasy show, the fantasy show. Thanks for helping me out this year, my guy. Um, really clutched it up for me in my fantasy leagues. Uh, yeah, big shout out to him, and also shout out to my folks listening back home. I love when you guys listen. So, yep, shout out to my family that's listening, and my sports shout out is going to go to Hunter Renfro, outfielder for the Boston Red Sox. Had a huge game last night, threw out multiple runners, had the the clutch home run late in the in the bottom of the eighth, and then threw out Joey Wendell to end the game from darn near the warning track. So, go Sox! Shout out. Got to a Hunter player Renfro. of the month card too, and he'll be the that's show. That's right. So. Ninety-eight. Ugh gag me <laughs> <laughs> my shout outs go to my friends and family listening kind of cheering on my debut on sports rap Woo. and shout out to max kellerman getting a new afternoon program this just in that starts on tuesday yeah that's that's huge for max kellerman i want iguodala that's right you know that that's huge so uh congrats <laughs> to to max one of the ga- terrible takes he's almost like mm-hmm. you know skip bayless absolutely horrible takes i liked him when he's on sports nation then he gets the first take and i'm like you know, him and Stephen A. He knows boxing, and that's it. Yeah, I was just saying yeah. he's very good at boxing, but you know, you got to kind of disagree with him, I guess. Stephen A. makes the show better. My shout out, I'm gonna do, I'm gonna do them both sentimental. Um, my shout outs are, are gonna go to uh, my family. Listen back home, listening back home. There's never a show that I'm on where they do not listen, um, and you know that's a huge support staff for me, and uh, you know they they help push me and fuel me to be successful in in, in college and, and within this major and then in my career. Um, so I'm absolutely appreciative of them, um, along with uh, my lovely girlfriend um, who listens every week as well. Um, she. She pushes me just as hard to be successful, um, and, and you know I, I couldn't do what I do today without her love and support. So, uh, yeah, lo- lo- love all you guys. Um, thank you all for listening. And then my third one, I'm, I'm gonna pull out three here. My third one's actually gonna go to sports team's own Stephen Biddick's. Stephen Biddick's birthday is today. Big 21. So, yeah, happy 21st birthday to you, Stephen Biddick's. I know you're probably not listening, but <laughs> do not do anything that I would not do is all I'm going to say. So uh, enjoy your birthday, man. Have, have, have a good birthday. Thank you all for listening. Uh, it's been an absolute, an absolute pleasure. Cody Blair, Jeff Morrison, Cooper Gover, I'm Jason James, signing off for this week. But don't go anywhere. We've got regular programming coming right up right now. Everybody, have a good afternoon evening.